Hey, welcome to Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be Love the Lord and Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. So from Mark 12, 30 and 31, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Notice especially that Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. So this means that if we are to love our neighbors unconditionally and generously, we will need to love ourselves that way too. God doesn't make junk. We are created in God's image. We are his masterpiece. So for all of us who live the Christian faith, we have definitely heard this phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. But what does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Do we truly understand the way Jesus Christ intended? So love your neighbor as yourself is the second greatest commandment of Jesus. It immediately follows his commandment of loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Following this commandment is the key Jesus Christ gave us for loving others as God loves us. So also, here's some scriptures to relate to this subject. It says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others from 1 Corinthians 10.24. And for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself, from Galatians 5.14. From Hebrews 13.1 and 2, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And from Philippians 2.3, Do nothing out of a selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And from John 13, 34, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And from Romans 13, 9, The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commands there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So a Pharisee once tried to test Jesus after asking him what the greatest of the commandment was. The Pharisee asked, who is my neighbor? Instead of giving a direct answer, Jesus Christ turned the question on the Pharisee by telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan tells the story of a man who was attacked by robbers on the road to Jericho. He was stripped of his clothes, beaten, and was left for dead. Soon after, a priest was passing by the same road, and when he saw the man, he went to the other side of the road and continued on his way. A Levite then passed by, and he too moved to the other side of the road when he saw the man. But a Samaritan came by, and when he saw the man, he took pity on him, poured oil and wine on his wounds, carried him on his donkey, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him there. The following day he gave the innkeeper two denarii, and asked him to look after the man, adding that when he returns he will compensate the innkeeper for any extra expense he may have. After telling the story, Jesus asked the Pharisee which he thought among the, the three was a neighbor to the man who was robbed, to which the Pharisee replied, The man who showed mercy. Jesus then told the Pharisee to go and do likewise. In Jesus' commandment, he taught us that it is not about asking who our neighbor is, it's rather it is about 
our own willingness to be a neighbor ready to love. It is obvious in the parable of the Good Samaritan that our neighbor can even be a complete stranger who we can accept nothing from in return. But following the commandment of Christ means being a neighbor to everyone. And most importantly, it is about us being that good neighbor. It starts with ourselves. When Christ was asked what the greatest of all the commandments was, it was not asked in earnest by someone who sincerely wanted to know. Rather, it was asked by someone who considered himself to be an expert in the law of the prophets, who only wanted to test Jesus. And so with Christ's answer of his great commandment of love, we can truly see his infinite grace and wisdom, as well as God's infinite mercy, which is the key to our salvation. By loving our neighbors as ourselves, Christ has made it impossible for us to fail because we are very good at taking care of ourselves. We want what is best for us, and by making our own selves as the benchmark of how we should love others, Christ has shown us how to truly love our neighbor. Another important teaching in loving our neighbor as ourselves is that we realize that we should not wait for when we feel love before we start to love others. We do not have to wait until we feel that we have a surplus of self-love before we give it away to our neighbors. The commandment made it perfectly clear. Love your neighbor exactly as you love yourself. No more, no less. So love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. These are the great commandments of Jesus. Christ gave us two commandments that encapsulate all the laws and commands previously mentioned in the Old Testament. The commandments, as told by the prophets, is about our bond with God and our fellow men. Jesus first teaches us that the greatest of all commandments is to love God with our whole being because God is the foundation of love. It is only by loving God that we truly learn how to love. Right away, Christ follows it up with loving your neighbor as yourself because once we put God at the center of our love, we learn how it is to genuinely do the same for our neighbors. So Rick Warren writes, How to Love Your Neighbor from a Distance Garage door openers are a wonderful convenience, aren't they? When you come home after a long day at work, you can just drive right in and close the door, ensuring you don't have to see another soul before you reach the comfort of your home. But during the pandemic, and any time really, that convenience can keep Christians from following one of the most basic commands in the Bible. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right, from James 2.8. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's such a simple command, yet most Americans don't even know their neighbors, and you can't love somebody you don't know. Did you know that God enjoys watching the people he created have fellowship with each other? In Zechariah 3.10 says, Each of you will invite your neighbor to come and enjoy peace and security, surrounded by your vineyards and fig trees. You probably don't have vineyards in your backyard, but you might have a tree in your apartment, common area. Maybe there are even benches, or if you live in the suburbs, you might have a flower garden, a fire pit, or just a patch of grass. 
The point is not to have a pretty place to offer, but to make the choice to be friendly and get to know your neighbors. This is a unique time that offers a lot of opportunities to get to know the people around you. You already know most people are at home right now, and they are also exercising outside more. Why not just sit on your front porch, wave, and even greet the people going by? You never know when a friendly gesture might eventually lead to a spiritual conversation. Do you have a yard project? Take your time so you can be present and make more connections with your neighbors. Go to the dog park and make it a point to talk to at least one person while you're there. Offer to share a puzzle or a board game with your neighbor. Are you grilling or making a s'mores? Move it to the front yard and share with your neighbors. Do you normally run or jog? Consider walking more and leaving your earbuds at home so it's easier to start conversations. It may seem counterintuitive to get closer to people when you should be keeping your distance, but there are so many ways to love your neighbor, even when you're six feet apart. Don't let the current circumstances be your excuse not to follow God's command to love your neighbor. So let's make 2023 count by reaching out, opening up, and sharing life with your neighbors so they can one day share eternity with you. And so next, I'd like to read you a story, and it's called Baseball Bill, and it's by Sharina Skidmore McMurdy. It's also based on a true story. So Saturday was finally here. It was time for our surprise adventure. I hope we're going to the trampoline park, I shouted from the back seat. Mom wouldn't tell us where we were going, but the street we were on looked familiar. Then it hit me. We were going to the care center. Our school class had gone there a few times. We each had a grandparent buddy to talk to and play games with. My buddy was named Bill, and he was a pretty cool guy. But not as cool as the trampoline park. I thought his mom pulled up into the parking lot when my brother saw the red and tan building, he groaned. This is going to be the worst day ever, he grumbled. This isn't a fun adventure at all. Mom looked at us from the rearview mirror. Oh, come on, give it a shot. By the time we're through, you just might change your mind. I didn't say anything. I wasn't so sure. I helped Mom carry the bag of small quilts into the lobby. It felt calm and peaceful inside. Do you know why I like coming here? Mom asked. I shook my head. I feel the same way here as when I see new babies at the hospital, she said. Like I'm close to heaven. Close to heaven? I like that. We showed the receptionist at the front desk the quilts we wanted to hand out, and he led us to a room where we could visit. Is Bill still here, I asked? The one who's married to Ruth and likes baseball? One of the workers nodded. Oh yes, Bill's still here. We sure love him. We started talking with some of the people, and it was actually pretty interesting hearing about their lives. And after a while, I saw Bill sitting in, the, in a wheelchair. Hi, Bill. He didn't look like you remember me, but that was okay. I picked out a small quilt with a baseball pattern and laid it on his lap. He gets cold a lot, and that will really help him, said one of the workers standing nearby. His wife will be happy to see it. She comes to visit him every day. Our visit wasn't long, but it was long enough to see Bill smile. On our way out, we read a piece of paper posted on Bill's door that told some fun things about his life. We learned that he grew up on a farm and learned to play baseball from his stepmother. Hey, Mom, look, I pointed to a line on the paper. 
He was so good at baseball that he was going to sign and on with a professional team, but then he served in the military instead. It was neat to learn a bit more about Bill. Soon, we were back in the van, buckling our seatbelts. So, Mom asked, what did you think? I smiled. I actually had fun, and I feel real happy. I think it's because we helped Bill. As Mom drove home, we talked about different ways we can show people love and how the Spirit tells us when we were making good choices. We were all feeling so great that we decided to go back and visit another day. What a great day, I thought, as we pulled into our driveway. It was a fun adventure after all. So next, I'd like to play you a song, and it's called Love One Another by Tommy Walker. And here it is. thankful that you're a God of love, compassion, mercy, grace. Lord, our world is so full of hate. If we could just love each other the way you love us, what a different world this would be. Help us love God. This is our prayer. Help us love, 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 oh, love one another, love one another, for God you are love, oh, love, love, oh, love, love one another, oh, love one another, for God. Hey, what a great song by Tommy Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. He said, This song is written directly from 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. 
So when I read this verse, I was so struck by the part that says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Wow. To say God is serious about how we love each other is the greatest understatement of all time. So as we are dealing with this coronavirus crisis and all the pressures that are all around us, I pray we will extend God's love like never before. This could be such an amazing opportunity to show the world who Jesus really is by how we care for one another. Lastly, this song is yet another expression to encourage the centuries-old practice of singing scripture together as Christians. And yes, thank you God for first loving us. To love God with your heart means to love God with your emotions. Praising him with your happiness, smile, and gratitude is easy when things are going well, like when you perceive an answer to prayer or one of life's good gifts comes your way. But how about when things aren't going so well? All your heart means at all times, even when God seems quiet, even when he says wait, and even when he says no. And yes, even when bad things happen, continuing to love God, even when bad things happen or when good things don't happen is key to a life of contentment. You don't have to be happy for the bad thing. You just have to see through that back circumstance to the God who wants to comfort you and will never leave you nor forsake you. Loving God at all times is a day-to-day learning process. We learn more and more how to do it and keep on doing it a little each day. Until soon, you can say with the Apostle Paul, I am content no matter what. I can live on almost nothing and I can live with everything. The secret of living in every situation is remembering that I can do everything. I can live through anything and I can even overcome through Christ who gives me strength, sustenance, and courage. And that's from Philippians 4, 11-13. The root word of courage is core, which is Latin for heart. Living with courage and heart daily is a good way to remind yourself to love God. To love God with your soul means that the innate part of you that always knew that you were created by a creator. When you let yourself be still and quiet, Something inside of you just knows that there is a God. When you look at all the intricacies of the universe, the planet, and your own body, a piece of you knows. As Blaise Pascal said in 1670, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but there was once in a man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. Yes, you have a God-shaped hole within you that can only be satisfied by him. But then you have to allow yourself to go even further past that simple knowing and let yourself believe that God only exists, but he loves you enough to send his only son to die and free you from your sins. Your soul takes you much farther than your heart can. It takes you to a solid relationship with the living Lord and as a bonus, 
heaven. With all your heart means intensely, with all your soul means sincerely, most lovingly, and with all your strength it means with all our energy, with every faculty, with every possibility of our nature. So now that you're trusting in him with your heart, you continue the next area, not depending on your own understanding. It is possible to know and believe in the truth of the Bible and yet still fall for many lies of the world and Satan. You may even know that they are lies, but you still feel like they have a hold on you. Who am I to do this or that? I'm not good enough. Maybe I can take a shortcut and not have to wait on the Lord for the good thing. This person won't listen to me. The other person doesn't even care about me. No one will find out if I do this wrong thing. When I depend on my own understanding, lies run rampant in my brain. They can pop up at any time in an attempt to slow my walk with God. Loving God with my mind means renewing my mind daily so that I can think more of his thoughts instead of my own. I know his thoughts by reading the Bible daily. Then with study and repetition, some of his thoughts go into my brain and dissipate those of old lies. God's will and thoughts are good, pleasing, and perfect. I need as much of them as possible to fill and renew my mind. And that's out of Romans 12:2. I can take a cue from Philippians 4:8 and replace lies with thoughts that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and virtuous. I can pray and ask God to put a hedge of protection around my mind and thoughts. If I'm honest with myself, I admit that a high percentage of my thoughts are entirely self-focused. But God's Word gives me a new, much higher perspective. Daily Bible reading will fill my mind so full of good things that there isn't any room left for those ugly lies. Renewing my mind in God's Word is an important way of loving God. Then I go on to a study of my actions. Do they show a love for God? For if I read God's word and don't obey it, it doesn't mean no good. If I merely put the words into my brain without putting them into practice, it's just an encyclopedia entry. Only information, no transformation. Stepping out on faith and taking action enables me to remember what I learned and it may even help other people. God likes it when I'm led by faith to act. Worship isn't just singing. It is living by faith so that other people see my example. It is presenting my body and my actions as a living and holy sacrifice to the God I love and is doing things that are right even when people around me don't understand. It's speaking up when I see injustices. It's caring for the physically and spiritually wounded. It is doing hard things that take a lot of effort in order to possibly reap a harvest somewhere down the road. It's even doing things that are right and good even when we don't see any kind of reward. Pleasing God should be my biggest and most wanted reward. A lot of times we do see some kind of reward for our actions of faith, but we don't always. Not all promises are meant to be fulfilled in the here and now. Some will be filled much later, in a grander, more perfect way in the hereafter. Don't be fooled into the lie that your good deed will go unnoticed forever. It won't. 
God loves all our good deeds and will bring something good out of all of them. Yes, loving God with all my strength means stepping out in faith. It means stepping out of my comfort zone. It means stepping out to help someone. Faith without works isn't worth much, but faith with works can change a piece of the world for the better. Like the other concepts, loving God with all my strength is simple to say but not always easy to do. So I have to remember that I don't walk any of this out by myself. I have strength working within me that enables me to keep on going forward. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. From Galatians 2.20 Another way of saying love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, is to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Think and learn about it. Seek, and you will find it. Seek, and you will love God more and more. Seek, and your perspectives will change for the better. Seek it daily, and you will receive what you need. For your Father in heaven loves you. So in reality, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is simply a response, for we love because he first loved us. So I am going to end today's episode with an audio clip by Billy Graham called The Greatest Love Story Ever Told. And here it is. The whole Bible is a love story. It's God's love affair with the human race. You see, God has all those billions of planets out there all those hundreds of billions of stars and it's all God's but of all the planets in the whole universe the whole universe stands in awe at the love that God showers on this little planet called the earth we are the only planet insofar as I know that are in rebellion against God and yet in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our disobedience, in spite of our sins, God loves us. That's the thrilling thing about it. And God loves every person in the whole world with a love that is beyond our comprehension. And God proved his love by giving his son on the cross. If you ever doubt that God loves, look at the cross. Because God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That's the greatest illustration of love in the whole world is the cross. Because God is saying from the cross, I love you, I love you, I love you. You and I were saved by the cross. Our Lord loved us so much that he gave his only son to die on that cross. Now, love is not feeling. You say, I feel I love him. It's not feeling. Love is doing. Love is a verb. God did something. God gave his love. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Apostle John, looking at that cross, said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And when you look at that cross and think about it, that the Romans used the instrument of execution on a colossal scale and they put nails in the hands and spikes in the feet and spat on the people and mutilated the bodies. 
broke their legs to help them die quicker and all sorts of terrible things. The most cruel death in the whole world is the death of the cross. And our Lord was hanging there with the mocking crowd making fun of him. And he hung there for you and you and you. And God was saying, I love you. Jesus laid down his life for us. And that's the reason the scripture says there's no other way to heaven. You can't be saved any other way. You cannot find life with a capital L any other way. You cannot gain entrance to the kingdom of heaven without coming to the cross because if God could have found another way, he would have found it. It's God's love. It's so deep and so wide and so high and so great and has such dimensions to it that no words in any language can describe it. It's a love that God has for you that in spite of the fact that you were rebelling against him, in spite of the fact that you were a sinner, in spite of the fact that you broke his laws, he gave his son to shed his blood. In spite of everything we've ever done, God loves. And words cannot describe it. And God says the moment you receive his son as Savior, he gives you the Spirit of God to live in your heart and the Spirit of God produces this love in you and through you. That's the reason Jesus said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It's a supernatural love for your neighbor. You may not like your neighbor. But you can love your neighbor. God's love in our hearts produced by the Holy Spirit. Supernaturally produced. No, I cannot love everybody. But God can give me the capacity to love everybody. And maybe your wife is irrit irritable. Maybe you are irritable. God can take you and change you and transform you and transform that relationship until you can fall in love all over again. God can take you young people here tonight and forgive your past sins, every one of them. Think of it, every sin forgiven. And make your heart just as clean as it was the day you were born. And resensitize your conscience which is in danger of becoming hardened and give you a new tenderness and give you the real meaning of love. Let Jesus Christ come into your heart. Let him forgive your past sins. Let him change your life and say from this moment on, I want him to be in control of my life. I want him to sit in the cockpit of my life and run it and direct it. I turn my life over to him tonight. So that does bring the end of our episode today, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. And my closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with Him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on Walk by Faith, Not by Sight. Hey, you can connect with me at PositiveLightPodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. So I hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.